Life Audio. One of the things that we'll see in today's psalm is the psalmist appealing to God because of this understanding of God's grace. And he's asking God not to judge him because there's this sense of understanding that none of us are perfect and we all have our faults. And I think sometimes there's this misunderstanding that believers, at least from the outside world, believers have their act together. And in fact, quite often the honest opposite is true. The reason why we need Jesus is because we recognize that we are not perfect. We're going to make mistakes and it's God's grace that steps in and covers us. So we're going to talk about that and more today. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are walking through Psalm 143, and we're almost to the end of the Psalms. The Psalms go up through Psalm 150, and a couple of you have emailed me asking what's next. I want to let you know that we're going to do six weeks going through the She Hears Bible Study. Many of you are newer to the podcast, and you haven't heard that content, and I think it's really foundational to understanding the heart of this ministry, and if you haven't heard it, it's really the goal to help you hear the voice of Jesus more clearly in your life, and more and more often, I'm hearing women especially say, I, I need that, I, that's a skill that I want to learn and grow in, and so the summer is a time where we typically take a little bit of time off either from work or from our regular routines. And I thought it'd be a really good time to share that content again. And then I will be doing some extra bonuses in the Facebook group to kind of go along with that content. If you're interested, interested in doing some of the online Bible study kind of content. So for now we are finishing up our last little bit of the Psalms and we're going through Psalm 143 today. I'm reading from the NIV and this is a Psalm of David. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in the darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me or I will be like those who go down to the pit. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. 
For your name's sake, Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. In your unfailing love, silence my enemies. Destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. So what we see in this psalm is honestly a pretty common occurrence for David, at least this is when he writes a lot of his psalms, is this difficult or dangerous situation where he has enemies that are really seeking to destroy him. And so he's calling on God to help him. And I love this aspect. He's acknowledging his faults. And because of that, this is a psalm that would be listed as one of the penitential psalms. But what we see in this psalm is that David is pointing out to God, like God doesn't already know, that no one is perfect. And I appreciate that because I think sometimes when we mess up, especially when we are facing a difficult situation or even a dangerous situation, we mess up. We're human. Our flesh tends to take over. And then this recognition that we can take that to God. And instead of having shame around that, we can take that to God and receive forgiveness and have an honest conversation with God. I think sometimes we have a tendency to want to take the good things to God, but not the hard or difficult things. And I think God is big enough to take it. He's big enough in his relationship with us to understand our humanity. And that's the example we see with David. And so in verses one through four, David is talking about how the enemy is pursuing him. And so David is appealing to God and he's saying, God, please just hear my prayer. And I have been there. I think most of us have been been there. And he's praying this because he has a good understanding of God's faithfulness and God's righteousness because of his pre-existing relationship with God, because of the way that God has intervened and interacted on his behalf. And these are qualities of God that have been revealed over time through a variety of different ways in David's own life, the way that God has intervened, but also in the way that God has been faithful to his covenant with his people. He knows that God will follow through on his promises and that he will be a God to his people and protect them from their enemies. And so David is relying on this historical knowledge, both in the life of Israel and in his own life. So there is this awareness that David has, even in verse two, that he recognizes that no one is perfectly righteous. Until Jesus comes on the scene, there's no one that's going to be perfectly righteous that's going to get it right all of the time. And he recognizes that he is standing on this solid ground in being able to say this because he knows that he does not deserve the violent treatment of those that are pursuing him. And he he's kind of tempering back and forth between this appeal to God. Like, look, I get it. No one is, no one is righteous. We've all messed up. We all have, are in the same boat, but I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this treatment. And I think that is a very raw and vulnerable and honest prayer to, that we see David praying to God. And I love that because I want to pray honest, raw, and vulnerable prayers to God. And we see this as an example in the life of David. That's that's the primary thing that we see in the scriptures is David's vulnerability and his honesty and his rawness with God. And of course, David is very aware of his faults. He's listing them out for God and even saying, okay, God, you would be just to to punish me for my behavior and my faults. And he, again, is appealing to God's grace and he's asking God for help. And, you know, I think about that in terms of my own life and maybe you are thinking this as well. 
this is an honest conversation where if I think about when I have been faced with something difficult and I have maybe flown off the handle in my anger or I have screamed in the car, even in things like, um, and this is a little bit different than David's situation, but even in things like when I've been cut off in traffic, if that's ever happened to you and my response is an abnormal, <laughs> you know, I would think it's an abnormal anger response because of somebody's actions towards me. Even in those moments, I have a tendency to want to shy away from God, like, oh, almost like, oh my gosh, God, I hope you didn't see that. Of course he did. And instead of acting that way, what David is doing is he's saying, look, I know, I get it. I messed up. You would be totally within your bounds to punish me, but I know you are a God of grace. And I love that because we see this dialogue between David and God, where he is talking to him as a friend. He's seeking the heart of God in a way that appeals to God's character and God's nature. And I think that's a really good example for us when we are trying to pray those kinds of prayers ourselves. And so we see David hoping to move God to compassion based on his character. But Think about where David is at when he's praying this. He's depressed. He's showing signs of anxiety. And even in those moments, he's not hiding his face from God. Instead, he's using those as opportunities to go to God. I think that's a really important point I don't want to miss. We're going to take a quick break here, actually. And then we come back, we'll continue with the rest of the psalm. Stay tuned. Moving into the next section, five through seven, there's a couple things that we see. David is looking to the past to gather the confidence to live in the present. And that I think is a powerful example for us because we can look to the ways that God has worked in our past to give us hope for the present and for the future. So what David is doing when he's talking about the days of long ago is he's looking to this idea of when God saved his people when they were helpless and when they crossed the Red Sea. If you remember that story, they were caught between Pharaoh, who was very angry with them, that was coming after him with his chariots and his army. And then they had the sea in front of them that was impassable. And what did God do? God opened up a path for them, for them to walk through the waters to safety. And David knows this. He also knows that he has the inability to do anything by himself. He cannot save himself. And so what he's doing here in this section is he's calling on the God of the Exodus to save him. And dramatic much? I mean, I we don't know exactly what was going on in David's life. And maybe at the time he was looking through the lens of depression and anxiety, which makes everything worse. Maybe he was fearing for his life. We don't know exactly what was going on, but he's calling on the God of the Exodus that rescued his people before to intervene now. And so what David knows and what we know is that God's hands have worked wonders and miracles. And so David is spreading his hands toward the heavens in this posture of prayer, and he's asking God to intervene. And he's comparing this need for God to the parched land. If you think about this, think about dry, 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 parched land. Think about, you know, maybe Africa or somewhere like that. And it is desperately in the need of 
of water and rain. That's what he's comparing his need for God to. I think that's a powerful word image. And so in this place of desperation, he's asking God to not just respond, but to respond quickly. And then when he talks about God's face, God's face is a metaphor for his presence. And so if God chooses to hide his face, meaning he he's not going to choose to be present in this situation, then David is going to be like a dead person when he says like those who go down to the pit. That's what he's referring to. In the next section, verses 8 through 10, David is hoping to have this answer from God, this intervention from God by morning. And the implication here is that he's likely saying this prayer in desperation at nighttime. So the picture here is David is depressed and he's full of anxiety. He likely can't sleep and he's praying this desperate prayer when he's probably laying there tossing and turning and he's asking God to answer by morning to intervene quickly on his behalf. And again, he is making this appeal to the covenant where God's promises were real and true. And he's talking about this unfailing love. That word has said that we've been talking about over the last couple of months. That's this loyal love from God to his people. And so he's asking God to be his guide. He says, show me the way I should go. It's similar. And the imagery here is how kind of like how a child will hide behind the parent for protection. Like if you picture a little kid in Walmart or something and a stranger is talking to them, the child will often go behind the parent and maybe peek out a little bit. That's the word imagery that we're seeing here where the psalmist wants to hide in God. And so he's committing himself to following God's will and asking that God would make his life stable again. It says when he lead me on level ground. That's what he's talking about. Like lead me to this stable place that's only possible through God's spirit. And then in that final verse, verses 11 through 12, he's making this final appeal for help. And he's again asking for God to destroy his enemies. What we see in this Psalm is David's desperate prayer his appeal to God to ask for help against this enemy. He's acknowledging his faults, recognizing that he has not done things perfectly. In in all honesty, he might be dealing with the consequences of his own actions. We don't know 100% because we don't know the circumstances around why he is where he's at, but he's recognizing that. And he's saying to God, I am not perfect. I know I messed up, but I need you. And there's a couple verses that this reminds us of. The one I want to read is in the New Testament. It's from Galatians 2.16. It says, Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. And so we see this foreshadowing of this verse in this concept where David is saying, the only hope we have is you. The only hope we have is you. And that's true for us as believers now too. Without God's intervention in our lives, we will be dead. We are that dry parched land without God's spirit in our lives. So given that insight, I'm going to go back. I'm going to read starting in verse 1, Psalm 143. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in the darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all of your works and consider what your hands have done. 
I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like those who go down to the pit. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. In your unfailing love, silence my enemies. Destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. Father God, we recognize that without you, we are this dry, parched land, that without you, we have no hope, that we have messed up. We will mess up again. We have messed up in the past. We recognize that about ourselves. But God, help that to reveal our need for you, our need to depend on you. Lord, I pray for the season of dependence that you're calling us into, that we would recognize that there's nothing we can do on our own outside of you. So Lord, we pray today, I pray right now, even for the person that's listening that is facing something difficult, Lord, I ask that you would intervene on their in on their behalf in their lives, that they would sense your spirit, that you would quench them just like the rain quenches that dry ground, that you would put them again on level ground. God, we thank you that you pursue us and that you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know. I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.